It's the NFFL Podcast, coming at you from my basement studio, and this week, we've got the Fresh Prince of Fantasy back. That's right, he's going to bring you all kinds of love and fantasy goodness. I'm back like Cam Newton, bitches. (laughs) That's right, he just took his helmet off. And wait, wait, wait. Put your pants back on! Put your pants back on. (laughs) All right. Welcome back to the NFFL podcast. Uh, I can't really tell if Danny has his pants on or not because we're not even in the same state. But through the magic of technology... We welcome you. (laughs) He's got digital pants. (laughs) Digital pants. That's right. Digital pants for the Fresh Prince of Fantasy. How are you doing this week, Danny? Man, I'm living it up. Ready to go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk a a little bit briefly about that uh, that little bit of hangover that the NFL still had in Week Nine. A little bit, a little bit funky, don't you think? Oh, it was. I mean, it was like. Uh, laying down some some bass funk. That's <laughs> that's what like it, it, I so it was really funny. I told uh, my son I was like, "This is whoop ass week," <laughs> and because how many games just ended so poorly, people getting their asses kicked. Uh, yeah, it was just uh, there was some lingering drunkenness from that week nine drunk bender. Uh, I do have to note. After last week, I had to adjust some numbers because there was that wonderful, uh, in one team's uh, advantage, stat correction that gave Hater Tech their first victory of the season. So wait a minute. You mean to tell me that I didn't give Hater Tech his first win? That he won? No. That, that, that bastard won on a stat correction? He did by point zero eight points. Oh, I'm. I, you know what? I'm calling for a recount. <laughs> this is Maricopa County. You better get over there and start counting them votes. Ninja Panthers lost. I believe it was a half a sack. Is what the difference was. And well, you know, hey, hey, it's better to lose half a sack than a whole sack. That's right. So you, you, know you were saying. hater text. <laughs> you were not hater text first. You did not take his win virginity. You're his sloppy seconds. Oh my gosh, that makes it even worse. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It's better second time around, right? No, it's not. <laughs> and Jacoby Myers scored a touchdown. He got into the end zone this week on Rev's bench. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it only took him nine weeks, and he was on Ninja Panther's bench to do it. Oh, that hurts. Yep, that's what happens. It does. We had six more interconference games coming up this week, but before we do that, let's get into some news and notes. We got some injuries to look at. I don't know why I call it news because, you know, you guys already know all this, but oh well. A couple of knee injuries on some quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield both hurt their knees. Uh, I, I hear it was really, especially in Baker's case, it was more hurt than injured. Both of them were cleared, could have gone back in, but uh, by that point, uh, Jacoby's uh, replacement was doing fine, and Baker, the Browns were just getting spanked, so uh, Stefanski just decided to play for next week. He just was running the Wildcat. 
They're like, with nobody, yeah. they're like, screw this. We're just gonna run the Wildcat. They're gonna run the and with nobody too. It was like it wasn't even like wasn't even like uh, Chubb was even really doing much. Well, Chubb didn't play. He had COVID. I know, right? <laughs> hey, I I had his backup. He gave me pretty decent output. We'll, we'll talk about him later. Corderell Patterson is dealing with an ankle sprain, and there's rumblings he will not be suiting up Thursday night. He is not. I have it on good authority that Corderell is going to be sitting out. So no revenge game for him against the Patriots. He was on their roster last season. C.D. Lamb dealing with an arm contusion. Yes, uh, according to him, it's just you know. But did he have, did somebody give him birthday punches? Something like that. I I didn't see the game. So I'm not a hundred percent certain, but yes, they were like, "You're, you're 26. We're gonna get you. We're gonna whoop your ass." Basically, he got a boo boo on his arm. It got bruised, and they just used contusion. Dallas Godair, Godair, uh, dealing with concussion. He's in the protocol. T.J. Watt, hip and knee injuries. Uh, between that and uh, Firemuse fumble. Uh, could be big contributors to the tie in Pittsburgh. MRIs reveal no long-term structural damage, so he very likely be back on the field this week. Yeah, they were um, they were speculating that there was maybe some rib tightness in his ribs as well. Yep, so keep an eye on him, especially I will be keeping an eye on him. Got some guys that are going to be missing some time. Uh, Aaron Jones has uh, an, an MCL issue going on. Going to be out uh, one to two weeks. Um, I've heard three to six initially, but they are saying one to two weeks. Just keep it on him, Bizzle. MCLs are, they just depend. They do. They're they're hopeful one to two, but when initially he came out of that tent crying, I don't know. Ricky Seals-Jones, hip flexor. Usually it's a two to three week recovery. Uh, he was doing pretty well uh, in, for the Washington, for the WTF. Yes, it's a bad week for the Joneses. It is. And out for the season, Chase Young tore his ACL, but props to him. He was back out on the sideline on crutches uh, before that game was over, cheering on the team. Yep. Gotta gotta admire him. Yep, I just you, you gotta hate it that a, a generational talent like that is gonna miss time. Yep, and hopefully, uh, I don't remember the timetable very well, but hopefully he'll be uh, at least uh, won't miss too much next year at the beginning of the season. He should be back by the time season starts. So that is all of our news, notes, and injuries. Let's, uh, I, I mentioned we got six more interconference games this week, but let's look back at rivalry week. And now the Fresh Prince is going to dance with his digital pants. Oh, I'm dancing right now. It's a pants-off dance-off. Oh, pants-off. It's what a what a coincidence. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants. All right. Now, this was not a very competitive rivalry week. Uh, only one game was decided by less than 32 points. <laughs> so, yeah, not a whole lot of drama. Um, honestly, by the time Sunday Night Football rolled around, I could pencil in all, almost all of our winners. There were only two games I couldn't really say 
uh, who was winning and losing. Let's start out with Night Shift taking on Ninja Panthers in the Chapel Clash 2 Electric Boogaloo. This game finished out 189, 44 to 153, 63. That's a 35.81 point margin of victory for Night Shift, who I did have picked for this one. Of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. For this one, for our studs, want to give a little shout out to Night Shift's running backs, uh, Zeke and uh, Dearnest especially. Dearnest uh, coming in to pinch hit for the Browns again. 99 rush yards, 58 receiving yards, and 7 receptions. No touchdown, but still just shy of 20 points. Zeke had two rushing touchdowns and a two-point conversion and 40 rush yards. And hey, Austin Eckler had a pretty nice day too with a receiving touchdown and 44 rush yards. So Ninja Panthers defense put up 72.40 points. Now, uh, I did not get word from Scott, so I don't have all the stats breakdown, but just uh, looking at the numbers and all the defenses, that's pretty high on the week and that's pretty high for defensive scores uh oh, typically that's, that's that's significant man uh, we've got uh got to give a shout out to george kittle as well uh coming off of that injury just uh, a couple of weeks ago he has not looked like he has missed a step he's, he's just he's the number five tight end on the week at 13 and a half points and it seemed like every time he touched the ball in that game he just mowed people down <laughs> I'm, tell I'm telling you that that's what the weed gummies will do man they make you invincible <laughs> and uh no i would i would say in terms of the running backs yeah they had a good week of output would love to see a little bit more coming out of the panthers but i mean he probably got his high on defense for the year and that still was, he still whooped his ass by 35. So, I mean, he has some serious offensive work to do. I mean, he doesn't even have a stud listed here, as far as I can yeah. tell. Yeah, and really, outside of Debo, I mean, Debo was just one-man wrecking crew. Outside of Debo, there weren't really a lot of offensive studs beyond Debo and George. But let's, let's take that opportunity to look at some of the duds, because... Carson Wentz was probably the biggest dud on uh, Panthers' side of the field, and it's not his fault. They were playing the Jags, and they didn't need him to do anything because it was they just ran the ball down the Jags' throat and just kind of coasted. That's right. <laughs> For uh, Night Shift, got a couple of duds as well. TJ Hawkinson, big fat goose, and only targeted once, which makes zero makes zero sense. Because that's all they talked about was how he was going to just run rough shot over the secondary. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's the and and you turn around and it's the Lions' running game is the only thing that does anything for them. <laughs> oh, they pulled they pulled somebody out from selling hot dogs and ran the ball in the Steelers this past week. And uh, Matthew Stafford, not a not a horrendous day, but not a great day, and especially not a great start. Uh, two picks, one not really his fault, but still two picks on the on the uh, stat sheet. And under 20 points uh, on his day. Uh, so their buys coming at a good time. Got an extra week to work on that. Anything to add for our duds there? Nah, man. It's just uh, quarterbacks had an uh, off week. I mean, you were feast or famine this week. And it just so happened to be it was anything less than, uh, I mean, you, you're eating Happy Meals. 
that's pretty much what was happening on in this matchup here. Indeed. Well, let's move on to Oh, sorry. Matchup MVP, Dearness Johnson in his substitute action. Matchup number two, Awful Waffles taking on Gridiron Mafia. 177.76 to 132.70. That's the Awful Waffles winning by 45.06 points. They were my pick for this one. Studs in this one. Devonta Smith, second big week going against Denver. This is another NFL is drunk game because Denver just laid down and died. (laughs) But Devonta, that rookie sensation wide receiver for Philly, did it again. Christian McCaffrey had a very nice day in his first real full game back going up against Arizona and their their tough defense 95 rushing yards another 66 receiving yards on 10 receptions and DeAndre Swift going up against Pittsburgh we already mentioned it 130 rushing yards but they gypped him on both touchdowns piss me off <laughs> piss me off man cuz i have him on another team it was like you fought like the dude never runs for 100 yards ever. No, prior to this, his best day was 51 yards in week five against Minnesota. He's also good for at least four catches for the same amount, though. But like, uh, yeah, I was just like, seriously, I couldn't even pronounce the one guy's name who ran for that one touchdown. I was like, really? <laughs> Oh, man. Anything else? Uh, anything I missed for some studs in this no, one? I, mean, I think it was great to see McCaffrey back in action. Carolina is kind of having a little bit of a resurgence. You know, basically, they're 2019 Carolina at this point. Bringing back Cam and all that jazz. So uh, uh, I hear I hear he's starting next week. Uh, how could you bring him back and not start him? <laughs> they're, they're paying him starting money. I heard the breakdown of his contract and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and how much of that was we're sorry money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, they were like, we're sorry, Cam. Would you oh, please, yes. please, 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 please come back? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, now, as far as some duds, uh, we've got Mike Gusicki. Just not. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You really did that? I did. I did. Seven targets. Seven targets, and he didn't catch one damn ball. <laughs> well, he, he goose-egged it. That's what he did. He just lived. He just he used a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. He goosed. Um, and any wide receiver not named Devonta. Cortland Sutton, two for 29. Jarvis Landry, four for 26. Jamison Crowder, three for 20. Amari Pooper, four for 51. If your name was not Devonta and you're a wide receiver, you really weren't in for a great day, apparently. Oh, no, this was this was a poor week for wide receivers overall. Yes, it was. Uh, any other duds to bring up? I mean, I would just say awful waffles on the whole. Just been sucking ass this year. He's usually pissing us all off with how good he is, but, you know, it's nice to see he's back down to earth. And yet he still was on the higher side of scores this week and won his match by 45. 
I know, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, maybe the. I mean, now that he, Christian McCaffrey's back, it, it should boost him a bit. Yeah, it should make his. Uh, it it should make him a little easier to pencil in for a playoff slot. Matchup MVP is the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey. Next up was our projected toilet bowl game of the week. And it lived up to its name. This may be the most accurate toilet bowl projection I've ever had. Flutie Flakes took on Roster Guard 99, and Flutie Flakes wiped their ass with Roster Guard 99, 214.42 to 132.13. is an 82.29 point margin of victory for Flutie Flakes, which earns them the whoop-ass victory, victory of the week. Now for studs. <laughs> um... I got two, well, technically three studs, but we'll mention them in two. Uh, Mahomes and Tyreek are no longer missing in action. They had the the nice breakout they were looking for for a while. Patrick Mahomes, I believe five total touchdowns, uh, five through the air, 400 yards, 55 uh, points. Tyreek had 24 points. I mean, you're talking almost 80 points between those two right there. He could have sat them both and still possibly have won that game. Exactly. <laughs> but yet, for Roster Guard 99, Mac Jones had himself a very nice day as well. You know that Mac, that Mac Jones, he's on the sneak, man. He is. Three touchdowns and just under 200 yards. He still put up 31 points, almost 31 and a half points. Yeah, he was very efficient with what he uh, was doing in that game. He was. He did a very nice job filling in for Joe Burrow for Roster Guide 99. So if not for the monster day for uh, uh, Tyreek and, and Patrick, you know, maybe. Yeah, you know, probably not with your wide receiver core, but maybe. <laughs> right. Any other studs you want to sing the praises of in this I, one? I would say uh, for the Flutie Flakes, uh, Stefan Diggs had a uh, had a his first real real game of this year going over 100 and uh the interesting thing about Stefan Diggs is that uh halfway through Sunday morning there was a potential trade that he was involved in that was almost accepted <laughs> and could have drastically changed the outcome of uh, a different game that we have not talked about yet. Uh, we'll okay, okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about some duds. Roster guard, you're going to be all over this one. Too bad. <laughs> Roster guard, let's talk about your defense. 45.4 points combined. That is more than 10 points less than Patrick Mahomes scored on his own roster guards offense wide receiver and running back combined for less than 24 points Tyreek himself scored more points yeah, that's, that's, than, that's than all y'all skill positions combined except for tight end which you know we all know chuck would deem not a skill position chuck hates tight ends <laughs> let's just say that yes chuck does hate tight ends he, he, he prefers sloppy ends <laughs> loose ends 
and uh, you know, even though he did have the highest score this weekend, the biggest blowout, let's let's poke a little fun at Flutie Flakes. Their running back decision making started Javante Williams and his 5.9 points and J.D. McKissick at 5.9 points. When Antonio Gibson and his 20.8 points and A.J. Dillon and his 25.8 points were sitting on the bench. Now, granted, A.J. is Aaron Jones' backup, and Aaron Jones did get hurt in the game, but still. That's a lot of running back points to leave on the bench when you got two guys on the field that score less than six. Well, that, that would have easily took it over a 100-point ass whooping. <laughs> Just imagine, you could have beaten your rival by so much more. <laughs> yeah, you could. it's just he's running up the score on him at that point. But there's no style points in the NFFL. Any other duds we missed? No, I would say uh, it's pretty, pretty. I mean, having your skill positions only combined for about twenty-four points. That just, that just kills you. It really does. Well, let's take a look at our uh, oh, matchup MVP, Patrick Mahomes. You got to give it to him. He scored fifty points plus. Our projected game of the week is next. I would love I would love to see these guys live react to their teams. Like we should film it sometime. We have just to like, find and, a way to make just it just like watch the points go back and forth and <laughs> just let them talk like like the Manning cast, but with these with these two. Yes. <laughs> yes, we need to make that happen. Diamond Dogs and Lance Manlove is who we're talking about. Uh, 142 to 75 to 184 62 diamond dogs. You broke my heart. I picked you to win and you lost by 41.87 points to Lance Manlove. Now studs Dak is back racked up 36.42 points on the day. A couple of passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Eric Kendricks four. Lance Manlove, 25 points even, seven tackles, a sack, and a pick. And we mentioned C.D. Lamb earlier. I, I brought him up last week as a potential big play, especially over Amari Cooper, and that one played out. 26 points plus, two touchdowns, 94 yards, and he still left the game early with that arm contusion. Like I said, he had a birthday party to get to. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, they, their reservations, they don't, they don't mess around. No, no. They don't. You'll you'll miss it, and the pizza will be gone. Yeah, that pizza's so terrible. <laughs> no, I would say. I mean, Lance Manlove continues to defy all logic, and uh, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I think he hired some some analytics uh, professionals mm, or some like he stat could be box. farming that out. Okay, where is Scott Sweatman right now? Is Scott Sweatman really running this as a shadow a shadow coach? That's what I want to know. Is he really still Ty's ass man? I don't know, man. I it's there. There's this is this has every bit of shady because I just don't believe Jason. I mean, I know we talk a lot about Jason, but I just don't believe he could be that lucky that often. <laughs> 
Oh, on the dead side, Teddy Bridgewater really disappointed this week in that big loss to Philly. Even in garbage time, couldn't put up much. Only 22 for 226. And uh, only 15 and a half points didn't help out Diamond Dogs there. And Hollywood Brown, oh, the Dolphins were just... Now, granted, it was not a great night for the passing attack overall. And... Your quarterback was not helping you out a whole lot on some of those throws, but Hollywood really did not look good Thursday night. Oh, he he was he was definitely a B a B rated movie um, level this this week. He really was, and he's he's got a track record: two great games, one off game; two great games, one off game; two great games. He was in an off game to this week, so I guess he's going to have two more great games the next two weeks. I'm sure Ben's kicking himself just because he, he took an L to to the man love. I'd put I'd put the dud on the on the organization this week, but I mean, it's, like I said, this this week's difficult. You were either you were either feasting or famining, and uh, sometimes it just goes that way. Indeed. Dak Prescott was our matchup MVP for this one. Let's move on to our penultimate. Bear Boonda's Nightmare taking on Hater Tech. This one finished up 153.92 to 159.94, our closest game of the week. The only one that didn't finish up by 30 points or better difference. 6.02 point margin of victory for Hater Tech for their second win of the week of the season. Now, of note, Bear Boonda only had three players exceed projections, while Hater Tech only had five. And that was the difference. For our studs, we had Michael Carter going up against that Buffalo running back defense, the number one in the league. Had 43 receiving yards and 39 rushing yards, but throwing a touchdown there, and that brings him up to 16 points. Cam Hayward, two sacks and three tackles and two more assists. He took over for TJ Watt in this game, apparently. Bringing it home on Sunday night or Monday night, making the difference and bringing him from behind. Taylor Rapp, 19.60 points, seven tackles, a sack, and three more tackle assists. What can you tell me about studs in this matchup? Man, I can't even begin to tell you about studs. <laughs> I just I just know that everybody was sucking ass this week. This was this was a matchup that I just simply avoided looking at really. But like I said, one of the things that could have comp- completely changed the complexion of this game had a trade been pulled off Sunday morning with uh, Connor from the F- Flutie Flakes that would have brought Stefan Diggs onto the roster and that would have allowed uh, me to hold off the, 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 the hater tech virus, um, keeping him, keep him at bay. That certainly would have changed it. <laughs> now for our duds, um, I, I got Cordero Patterson on here. Yeah, he got injured, uh, but still, all of all of it, all of Atlanta dudded this week. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> it's like what is what is what does Calvin Ridley know? <sighs> He's got to know he, something. He, he, he must know something because he was like, "I'm getting the hell out of here," and. Uh, and this week, they just got embarrassed. Yeah, they really did. Uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers really looked uh, really looked rusty after his week off and not getting to practice with the rest of the team. Um, 
you know, 23 for 292 and a pick, no, no scores for him. Yeah, if he if he had spent more time practicing than he did on uh, interviews, he might have. Might have had a better week. Probably would have. So our MVP for this one was Taylor Rapp. I think that is the first and last time Taylor Rapp will ever be an MVP. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> any 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 team <laughs> in any league. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. <laughs> there, there was one there was one point where I it was 153.92 to 153.40. And I, I was like, all right, who's he? You know, what's what's how much time is left? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm sitting there on ring and like, all right, all you needs a couple more catches uh, from Higby, and Higby can't catch anything. He's like, like, all of a sudden there's a sack. I'm like, that did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I like I like I said, I I I knew coming into the matchup. That the the momentum and mojo were off this week, so I mean it's fine. I'll, I'll rebound. I'll rebound. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the voodoo on the, his team for the rest of the year. Though you better believe that. <laughs> oh, that's just vindictive, man. He's already snake bit. Well, let's move on to our final matchup. Jim Kelly hates cancer. Took on E Town Asian, and uh, had E Town as my pick, and they played out well. One sixty-five thirty-seven, one ninety-seven eighty-six. That's a thirty-two point forty-nine point margin of victory for E Town. Studs, Jim Kelly hates cancer's running backs. Ramondre Stevenson, Daryl Williams, and James Robinson had themselves a day. Uh, just monsters all over the field for those guys. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, James Robinson was not supposed to be included in that because he's not Jim Kelly's running back. But uh, <laughs> Daryl Williams and Ramondre Stevenson both put up over 24 points. Uh, Daryl might as well be 25 because it's 2490. Uh, but both have 100 yards day, 100 yard days. Uh, Ramondre had two touchdowns I mean, against a vaunted Browns rushing defense. James Robinson on the other side of the field coming back from his uh, ankle injury put up 16, almost 16 and a half points against Indy's pretty tough rushing defense. And E-Town's defense collectively put up 77.6 points. Uh, what do you got for studs? Yeah, they ousted Rev by about five points on defense. Yeah, Ramondre remind me later, Stevenson, he had that preseason swagger in, in terms of uh, that's back when Connor was trying to convince me to draft him or he had already drafted him and was trying to convince me to take him in a trade. So, but yeah, that was, that was a pretty solid matchup. Would like to have seen a little bit more out of E-Town, but you know, like I said, the, the voodoo hit E-Town hard and uh, he's still reeling from it. So, <laughs> Yeah, for duds, uh, Justin Herbert had a good good week to bounce back last week. This week, not so much. Uh, less than 200 yards and only one touchdown. Not not great. And uh, big-name pass catchers, just not great weeks. Uh, Darren Waller, only four for 24. T.Y. Hilton, granted, T.Y. hasn't done much the last couple of years, but only one for five. 
AJ Brown, one for 16. Just not a great day for those big name uh, receivers and tight ends. Uh, what do you think about duds? Yeah, I would say um, I was surprised Justin Herbert had the day that he had. I was expecting a little bit more out of him. Um, Darren Waller really hasn't had a week since probably week four. Uh, AJ Brown, uh, definitely, uh, they were looking past him in terms of, I mean, Julio's on the IR, and they had some other dude, which I had never even heard of. He, he had five for 100 plus. So it's like, what was going on that they couldn't get the ball to AJ? Don't know. Uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Titans are just going to be a crapshoot. <laughs> All right, and our matchup MVP for this one, uh, someone we did not call their name for, Justin Jefferson. So let's take a look at some uh, some outstanding gentlemen this week with our week eight, week nine hardware. Week ten, what are we? What week are we in? I don't know. Uh, I think it's like it's like week fourteen. <laughs> Amen. All right. So the guys from last week that did really well, our offensive and defensive players of the week. We'll start with Patrick Mahomes as Telnet offensive player of the week. I don't like giving it to quarterbacks if I can avoid it, just because they touch the ball the most. Uh, but Flutie Flakes, uh, when you hang up a fifty burger, you're gonna get it. 35 for 406, five touchdowns, 55.62 points. And Sparcy also has a quarterback, Dak Prescott for Lance Manlove, 24 for 296, two touchdowns, five rush yards on a rushing touchdown, 36.42 points. Now, the Telnet Defensive Player of the Week, Devin White, linebacker for Bear Boonda, 13 tackles, five assisted tackles, two sacks, good for 36.80 points. He outscored Dak Prescott. Very nice. Yeah, that was that was the game I've been waiting for. Uh, and still didn't knock you over the top on that one. That's a, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Get, get off the shed. <laughs> uh, Sparcy's defensive player of the week, Eric Kendricks, linebacker. Both both Sparcy players of the week come from the vaunted Lance Manlove. Uh, seven tackles, one assisted tackle, one sack, one pick, one pass defense, 25 points even. So he, he essentially hit for the cycle almost. It, pretty much, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think the only thing he's missing was a fumble forced and a fumble recovery. I think it's a sack <laughs> INT fumble is, is kind of like the equivalent to the uh, to the cycle. On, yeah, on so just missed a fumble there. So, well, that's the guys who did great. Let's look at the guys who didn't do so great. There was a whole lot of poopy pants this week. Oh, it, well, you could smell it down the hallway. Diarrhea! And we're not... We're not we're not just talking about farting in front of the queen either. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> now, uh, I, I, you know, I've, we've had a few other guest hosts on and we've we've all taken our hand, tried our hand at uh, at making up toilet related puns for names. You want to go for it again? Oh, man. What I all right. 
Okay, so uh, why don't you start? Actually, actually, you know what? Let's let's this let's do this on the fly. Do you have any kind of like instrumental beats? Because I think it's about time for a little Fresh Prince uh, talking shit special edition. Okay, let's see what I got here in the soundboard. Can, can, can you drop a beat? All right, here goes the poopers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bring them to me. Here I go. Matthew Stafford, Tyler Lockett, Mike Luseki, Goose. Marcus Golden, TJ Hawkinson, another Goose. Yannick, I don't even know what his name, uh, uh, Gukwe. He had a Goose. Cole Beasley, still won't get the jab. Chase McLaughlin, in the toilet, man. AJ Brown got Dookie on his pants. <laughs> Brain burns? Did you, did you just <laughs> I must have. <laughs> Oh, it, it, brain burns with another goose. Shaq Barrett with another goose. Josh Jacobs, Chester Rogers, Kenny Clark, Alex Singleton with a goose, goose, goose. Thank you, Hilton, Dawson Knox, Tight E in the Flex, Carson Wentz, Cortland Sutton, and Hollywood Brown. Jer- ah, my, my screen went dark. Hold on. Jeremy Nichols, DK Metcalf. Justin Herbert Sherbet all up in his pants. Do not consider injured players poopers. Because pooping is when a player fails miserably to meet their projected expectations. Poopers had to start for their NFL teams to be considered. Very so, nicely that done. Little, <laughs> that was a little that was a little freestyle freestyle talking shit. I like it. And it fits in well for this section. It really does. Not good enough, damn it! Not good enough. That's that's not true. That's only for those gentlemen you were you were uh, you were talking shit about. <laughs> you keep you kept throwing those gooses in there. I was like, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting thrown off by these gooses. <laughs> They're crazy, man. <laughs> They'll attack you. <laughs> they scare Canadians. <laughs> that's right. All right. They guard they they guard the border. <laughs> they do. <laughs> There's no maple syrup that gets out of there without Goose's approval. That's right. Oh yeah. So let's uh, let's take a look at our week. Uh, what are we going into? Week eleven. Are we at week eleven? Yes, week eleven with our pick six. We're going to start off with a toilet bowl game of the week. And we have all six matchups this week are Telnet versus Sparsi interconference games. First, we're going to look at Ninja Panthers at two and eight, taking on E-Town Asian at five and five. This is, this has, uh, this has dial-up written all over it. Man. Oh, yes. Uh, now, the super early projected outcome as of yesterday is that E-Town is going to win by a little over 20 points. Uh, these are two teams headed in opposite directions, and this is the first ever meeting between these two teams. Now, for Ninja Panthers, they're on a six-game losing streak. They almost 
almost broke that last week, week before, uh, and they need a win to avoid potential Pierce contention because right now, even though they are number 11 in the league out of 12, they have the same record with number 12. At this point, you got you to fight to stay away from the Pierce. <laughs> yes. Uh, my player to watch this week is Kirk Cousins. I uh, went back and looked at all of his matchups against Green Bay because um, they're a tough defense this year. But in eight games, he averages 21 completions, 280 yards, two touchdowns, and just over a half an interception per game. So he should have a pretty decent day, and it's every – possibility he could have a good a really good day yeah i think largely kirk cousins success depends upon how the running game shows up and how the defense uh, keeps the packers at bay you know like um in terms of his losing streak he, he needs to he needs to lop one off here he needs to steal one from e-town you know e-town like i said he's been feeling it since the voodoo has been placed and uh, I just look for that to continue, continually affect him uh, because he has the uh, the Aaron Rodgers. Does he still have Aaron Rodgers? E-Town? No, no, he traded him. Where, where have I been? Uh, I, I don't know. E-Town's uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been on Hater Tech for a few weeks now. Oh, see, look at that bullshit. <laughs> um, you know what? The, the, the curse came back to bite me. It was like the reverse curse. <laughs> he changed team. He changed teams, and then the curse reversed. But yeah, I, I I see Ninja Panthers like they they need to steal one here, or else they're 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 going to be eating eating waffles for another twenty four hours. Oh yeah. Now for E Town, they're climbing to the ranks in Telnet. They're looking to stack some wins. I'm going to be watching James Robinson. He looked good last week in his return from his injury. We mentioned, but San Francisco is tougher to run against than the Rams are. So, uh, who are you watching for E Town? Yeah, I mean, he basically needs his whole team to play this week because. The Ninja Panthers, uh, if he has another defensive output kind of a week and he just gets a little bit of offense, he's going to be challenging E-Town for this W. So you got to make sure that you got your matchups lined up and because uh, we're getting into that time of the year where weather matters, as we all saw the uh, Steelers versus Detroit. The weather matters, man. And so you have to start paying attention to which teams are, are battle-tested for the cold and the wet. Amen. I am expecting E-Town to squeak this one out uh, probably a little closer than Yahoo expects. Next up, oh, it's another Toilet Bowl game of the week. Uh, awful waffles at three and seven are going to take on Bear Boonda's nightmare at five and five. Now the super early projected outcome is that Bear Boonda is going to take this by over thirty. And granted, this is at yesterday, and I even see again today. Awful waffle still needs to fill out half of their defensive roster because they're on a bye, and uh, so. I look at this and I say, which record is actually representative of the team it's attached to? Uh, Bear Boonda leads a series between the two, three to one all time. For Awful Waffles, they picked up the third win of the season last week in very convincing fashion, and they're only two games out of a playoff spot. The player to watch is, for me, is Jarvis Landry. He has topped seven and a half points once this season. The Lions present a decent matchup, but I don't expect great things. So I'm putting out a challenge 
because, you know, NFL coaches listen to our podcast. Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell, stack the box and make Baker throw the ball to beat you. Stack it. Stack it. it. Make Baker throw to Jarvis. Oh, that's not that's that's not happening because that's about the only chance that Jarvis has to really explode this week. So that's why he's my player to watch. Jarvis is Jarvis has been wearing that Harry Potter invisible cloak all season long. <laughs> he's not going to get anything thrown his direction. Yeah. Even when OBJ disappears, he still gets, he still gets like Hunter Renfro cash. Mm-hmm. Right? He, 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 he gets nothing. <laughs> he gets nothing. But uh, in terms of who I'm looking for, I mean, obviously, I need Josh Allen to to come up big. It's been a little while since Jacobs has put up some numbers. Kyle Pitts needs to do something. I've I've basically just been fighting injuries and and COVID and whatever. I mean, Bosa and Fitzpatrick both got COVID now. Shit. (laughs) Um, Okay, so DeForest for the Trees Buckner just got inserted into my roster. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, man, that sucks. I mean, defense is probably going to be what keeps me in the game. And, you know, hopefully now that, uh, what's his face, Russell Wilson's back, maybe DK will break 60 yards. Who knows? Uh, for Bear, for Bear Bunda, you, know, you had your rough outing last week, but your squad, I, I was going to say it seems to be back to full strength this week, but, you know, we're looking at your schedule live, and you got another player out to COVID, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on Josh Jacobs. Um, he really only seems to be useful if the Raiders are winning. Cincinnati's rush defense is very soft, but if Cincinnati manages to go up early, Jacobs is going to disappear. <laughs> you know, th- this is uh, I'm, I'm picking Bear Boone to win. I don't like it, but I'm picking it. To, I'm picking Bear Boone to win. <laughs> well, and you're just saying that because I whoop your ass. Uh, digitally, digitally, digitally. If you, if, if you if you say otherwise, I'll just erase your recording. <laughs> no, you can't do that. All right, let's move on to our next. Oh, it's another toilet bowl game of the week. Is there is there is there anything other than toilet bowl games of the week? I mean, yeah, this is. We we only have three of them this week. Oh man. Yeah, there's just so much crap on the schedule this week with these interconference games. They're not. I don't expect great things from these three matchups. Flutie Flakes at seven and three are going to take on Gridiron Mafia at four and six. Projected super early projected outcome is at Flutie Flakes with optimum lineups because I try to project best case scenario when I do these Flutie Flakes takes it by around 30 and this is why I applied Toilet Bowl Game of the Week to this one this is David versus Goliath Gridiron Mafia very clearly David Uh, Flutie Flakes has a 12 to 7 lead in the series over Gridiron Mafia and for Flutie Flakes Mahomes and Tyreek found their mojo last week so they could potentially continue to ride that this week. Uh, check here. Who are they playing? Oh, they're playing Dallas. Uh, so it shouldn't be as easy for them as it was last week. My player to watch is Alvin Kamara. Now, supposedly last week he did not play due to a mild knee sprain. 
So if he's back this week, and it looks like he's projected to be back this week, even though he's got a questionable designation, I I don't know how much work he would get. If he is not back, who is Flutie Flakes going to plug in? Of course, with a projected win total of 30 points, does he need to? I, th- I think that Flutie Flakes is looking to make some deals here at the, at the trade deadline. And um, we could see some interesting things happen. Yeah, I agree. Good. You got any players specifically you're watching on Flutie Flakes this week? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm always watching Stefan Diggs, and I'm hoping that I watch him not be on <laughs> Flutie Flakes team by the end of this week. But that's what we'll you know we'll that's what we'll say about that. Um, I think Gridiron. Actually, you know what? I think it's coming off of such a high high from Mahomes and Tariq. They oftentimes don't put back to back games. At least this season, they haven't put back to back games together like that. So you're going to see them come down to earth a bit. I mean, Mahomes may kind of stay up, but I think he never goes to Tariq twice in a row. So I'm thinking you're going to see more of a Kelsey this week because you haven't really, you, you can't, you really haven't heard Kelsey too much lately. Um, and usually when that happens, they start they start uh, chomping away at each other, and uh, Kelsey's you know throw me the damn ball. <laughs> so that's that's what I think that's going to be. I agree. Now for Gridiron Mafia, they're on a two game losing skid, and honestly, their future their immediate future does not look good. I'm going to keep an eye on Leonard Fournette this week because the Bucks are going up against New York, the Giants, the football Giants. So who gets more work, him or Tom Brady? Tampa Bay wants to rebound after last week, so who do they lean on more? The Giants have a softer rush defense than a pass defense, but who's, who's Bruce Arians going to put the balls – who's going to put the ball's hand in? Ball in the hands of more. You're you putting your balls in his hands. Put your balls um, in Bruce's hands. Not, <laughs> I think put your balls back in the pudding. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I think you're going to see Tom Brady come back and and uh, and light it up because he, much like Mahomes on the opposite side, you don't see Tom Brady put two bad ones in a row. I mean, he may have a bad one here or there, but my man is the goat for a reason. And as much as I hate to say that, uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna go off just because he's pissed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would probably agree with you there. Uh, I am picking Flutie Flake to roll. Flutie Flakes to roll in this one. Let's check out our next interconference matchup. We're going to look at Lance Manlove at 8-2, and two, taking on Roster Guard 99 at 5-5. Five and five. Now, the super early projected outcome with optimum matchups say that Lance Manlove takes this by a field goal. These are two teams that are racing in opposite directions, and Roster Guard 99 owns Lance Manlove 11-3 all time. Now, for Lance Manlove... Jason is a football god. His last three wins were by 40-plus, 50-plus, and 70-plus points. Now, the player that I'll be keeping my eye on for Lance Manlove is Jonathan Taylor. It's the, he's the number one running back in the league. 
and he's taking on the number one rushing defense in Buffalo. So I am very intrigued to see what gives way. Um, let's just let's just let's just do the matchup here. So Burrow and Prescott, pretty much even. I think Prescott has the edge because he's coming off of uh, a solid week. Emmanuel Sanders versus Elijah Moore. I mean, there's that one week where Emmanuel Sanders got goosed. So you don't know what's going to happen there. Mike Williams going up against the Steelers. I think he's going to light us up versus um, D. Harris for New Orleans, which you really can't count on too much. Galladay versus Van Jefferson is is uh, basically a wash. Jonathan's hoping that Jonathan, you know, Taylor blows out a knee and Naheem Hines gets the carries. Mixon got an edge over, got the edge over Mick uh, Nichols. Uh, and this is actually the tight up matchup of the week. You get you basically got the one A and one B tight ends going at it this week against each other, and then you know Devontae Adams obviously is Jonathan's best player, and hopefully we'll be able to put up some uh, some points on Minnesota. Whereas Lance Manlove riding that riding that James Conner mojo, kickers are pretty even, their defenses are fairly even. Um, it's really going to come down to what happens in that wide receiver area. I think the wide receivers are going to dictate who wins this one. Yeah. Now, for roster guard during their four game skid, their losses were by 80 plus, 65 plus, 20 plus, and 40 points. I, I'm keeping my eye on Emmanuel Sanders. He's been pretty quiet the past few weeks going against a top flight passing defense, but he is the number two target. So if they roll their coverage to, uh, to the number one, he could have a surprisingly sneaky big day. I'm picking Lance Manlove. Uh, you know, they're, they're on paper, they're pretty even. It's almost a push. I'm picking Lance Manlove only because for four or five weeks straight, roster guard has just crapped the bed. Oh, yeah, they're definitely going in opposite directions. I mean, Johnny, Johnny's been losing by the amount of points that Jason's been winning by. So, <clears throat> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, just a brief little message from Bizzle this week. Bizzle, what do you got on tap for us? You know, there's been a lot of chatter on the ring about um, how amazing and godlike Lance Manlove is. So I just wanted to come on here this week and say, yes, he is the greatest he is the GOAT. Um, Tom Brady looks up to him. Uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, he has won, he won six of seven games to end the year last year after starting without even trying. Like he just kind of was like, eh, I'm not going to try. I'll be two and seven. He started the year two and seven, won three of his last four regular season games, made the playoffs and won his last, then won the three playoff games and is now eight and two this year. The man is unbeatable. There is no denying the fact that he is the greatest fantasy football player that the Nellis Fantasy Football League has ever seen. Ever. Ever. I would be hard-pressed to disagree. Yeah. You can't You can't argue it. He lost one of his top wide receivers just because he had a mental breakdown, which, you know, man, Calvin Ridley, I feel for you, but didn't affect Jason at all. The dude's Teflon. Zach. Efron is Teflon. Oh, that's going on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't stop oh, I mean, yeah. his running back tandem or duo of uh, Jonathan Taylor and James Conner. They scored 
almost 80 points against me last week. It was crazy. I can't, can't, nobody can compete with him. He will win every game. And you are number two in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And I got demolished by him. That just shows how good he is. I'll tell you what, if anyone beats him in the playoffs, kudos to you. Kudos to you. Because I'll tell you what, he might never lose a game for the rest of his life. I don't think Jason will lose a game again. Preach it. Preach it from the mountaintops. <laughs> Jason Hardy, if you can, if you're listening to this, if you ever lose a game again, shame on you. Because you should never lose. You are so good at this. You are a god amongst mortals. That's right, Jason. You heard it. Bluey Flakes will take you out to the woodshed if you lose another game. All right, and we will now return you to our regularly scheduled pro uh, podcast. Thank you, Bizzle. Well, let's look at our penultimate game of the week. And that would be Diamond Dogs at 5 and 5 taking on Hater Tech at 2 and 8. Super Earth. How is this, how, how is this not a toilet bowl game? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> A super early projected outcome. Diamond Dogs takes this one by about 16 based on optimum lineups. Uh, the two teams have been on opposite tracks. Diamond Dogs has never lost to Hater Tech, and they're two and so Hater Tech's two and zero over time. Oh, two and zero all time. Diamond Dogs has also struggled the last few weeks to meet their projections. So that's that's why I'm not giving this the toilet bowl treatment. This one, this this one, this one gets the Viagra pill treatment. Yes, this right is here. Cialis because it's the NFL's official partnership. <laughs> there it is. These guys are sitting in bathtubs holding hands. That's right. Uh, after last week's beatdown, uh, can Diamond Dogs regroup to stand up to the NFFL's newest rising star team? Uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on. Ky- did you just did you just say hater tickles are rising and stuff? <laughs> I, I, I'm just not buying that bullshit. I'm trying to build them up, man. They're they're two and eight. No, no. <laughs> my man is not even in the playoff running right now. You're building them up. One more win is a winning this, streak. <laughs> this, this this man this man trades his players like his Bitcoin, and it's like. The, like the team he started the year with and the team he has now are two completely different teams. <laughs> I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. Anyway, I'm keeping an eye on Kyler Murray for Diamond Dogs. Um, yeah, his, his his ankles is banged yeah, up. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury said it's going to be close. Uh, he's not even sure if Murray's going to play come Sunday. If Murray gets the go-ahead to play, Seattle's a decent matchup, but not great, especially after a couple of weeks off. We've seen how quarterbacks uh, come back after time off. Yeah, their 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 defense is not nearly as scary as it used to be. Yeah, but even if Kyler plays, I wouldn't expect him to run. I would not expect him to hit that thirty-point ceiling. Uh, so keep your expectations tempered. What do you think about Diamond Dogs this week? Yeah, I mean he's got he's got three of his big dogs injured, man. So um, get it, <laughs> uh, Diamond Dogs. I said dogs. Uh, yeah. Yep. Ter- terrible, terrible. Um, I think I think even though this this would be. <laughs> Get that damn goose out of here. 
I, th- I think even though it'd be counterintuitive, I think that um, the dogs should look at Devin Singletary in place of um, Elijah Mitchell or whatever his name is. Elon. Only from the perspective of even though the last few games Mitchell has is uh, he's carried the ball a decent amount. Coming off a Monday night game into a Sunday game, and Jacksonville is coming off of being being run on. I mean, they're gonna want to play 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 that run a little bit tighter this week. So I think you have a better shot matchup wise uh, in Buffalo. Well, I mean, he also has Zach Moss. So I guess a, a Buffalo running back against Indianapolis, I would think, would fare better than Eli Mitchell over in Jacksonville. There you go, Ben. Now for Hater Tech, uh, if they win this week, it is officially a streak. Uh, They will need some solid performances to do it. No mistakes. Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on Aaron Rodgers. He got a chance to knock the rust off last week. Do we get the real A-Rod against Minnesota this week? Uh, Who are you most interested in for Hater Tech this week? I I think you're going to see Mike Evans finally have a game. Like I said, Tom Brady's going to come out with uh, fire fire up his ass, and usually what that means is a lot of big play touchdowns. And Mike Evans is the big play touchdown guy. So I think Mike Evans, you're going to see in terms of on the defensive side of things, you're probably going to see another strong game coming out of Chandler Jones. He hasn't had one in a while, so he's due. I mean, basically, he had his five-sack game at the beginning of this year, and he's been, he's disappeared all but since. Um, but I think what you'll see is probably a little something on him this week. He's he's just been too quiet. Um, I am going to pick. Uh, <laughs> I'm going out on a limb here. I Numerically, I can't make it work, but... Yeah, uh, it it's worked for two weeks in a row. I'm gonna pick Hater Tech in an upset that surprises. You're correct. Gonna. <laughs> All right, our final uh, our, our final game is the game of the week, projected game of the week, and that's gonna be between Jim Kelly hates cancer at six and four, taking on Night Shift at eight and two. Now this is this is a decent matchup. Yes, it is. The super early projected outcome is that Night Shift wins by about eight, pending uh, Nick Chubb's COVID status. Right now, uh, the last I heard, he has not cleared protocol yet, so he's still sitting there with a big zero in the lineup. If uh, he gets cleared, I would expect him to put up pretty decent numbers against Detroit, more than eight points. So now uh, these are both top four teams in their conferences. Look at their records. They're both playoff bound. Jim Kelly hates cancer has a 12 to eight advantage in this series. Let's start with Jim Kelly cancer. They had a rough beat down from E-Town last week and they're hoping to rebound. I'm going to watch Saquon Barkley. He is looks to be a lock to recur, to return. And last week, Tampa Bay gave it up on the ground. They just laid down and and let WTF roll all over them. 
So does Tampa Bay regroup this week with their defense? If Saquon plays, does he get much of an opportunity? Does he get to hit that 14 and a half point projection? Who do you got for Jim Kelly hates cancer? Who interests you? Yeah, I mean, I would say Saquon is the guy to watch. Um, just because at any time, I think he still has the potential to, to hit a home run in terms of a 40-plus yard run or something like that. It's just more or less uh, if they get down early, then he's he's going to essentially become PPR value, which is still great. But Daniel Jones tends to tuck it and run a little bit more than, say, Eli, who would dump it off. So, yeah, I mean, it's just really going to depend on what happens in that game, how much Saquon will get the ball and how he gets it. And I think, like I said, Tampa Bay, they're a proud franchise. I mean, they're defending Super Bowl champs. They're not going to necessarily take it in the ass two weeks in a row, man. So you're going to see them. You're going to see them punch back. (laughs) On the other side for night shift, uh, are they going to be able to win without that struggling Stafford in the lineup? Uh, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is penciled in to start at quarterback going up against Jacksonville, who are a middle-of-the-pack defense against quarterbacks, wide receiver, and tight end. But he's got Debo and Kittle, and they've both shown that they can get stuff done. So very interested to see how Jimmy G does. Uh, who are you watching for night shift this week? I'm, I'm definitely watching George Kittle because – it just seems as if, uh, you know, he was out and it seemed like he was going to be out for a long time, but he was able to come back and just to kind of see how he's responded in this, his first two weeks back. Like I often like on a different team, I have him and I didn't play him his first week back just kind of as a general rule from anyone who's injured. I don't usually play them the week they come back. So I wish I would have. <laughs> Because he ended up going at least six or sixty in a touchdown, I think. Yeah, I, I want to see Kittle go over a hundred. I think that'll probably happen. Uh, I think Debo's going to take a little bit of a back seat there because very rarely have I noticed that wide receivers put together back-to-back big games anymore. You just don't see it. And you know what? Either one's fine with me because I don't have either one of those pass catchers on my squad. I'm just starting Jimmy. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean, you'll you benefit either way. Exactly. I am picking myself to win. So let's see if I can go nine and two. You're a narcissistic bastard is what you are. Look at you. Look at me. Um, I'm, I'm mis- I picked I picked against myself twice oh, this year. Oh, did, did you lose? I did one of them, yeah. Okay, well, you're still, you're still narcissist. <laughs> I saw the writing on the wall for one of them. I surprised myself on the other one. Anyway, I'm just a realist. <laughs> Let's take a look at our Telnet versus Sparsy update segment. There were no interconference games last week, so no one got to split any games. Telnet and Sparsy have each played 60 games collectively. Both conferences sit at a 30 and 30 record. So Chuck can say, Yay, parody! Woohoo! Chuck hates parody. Chuck loves parody. Chuck hates, Chuck hates parody just like he hates um, most, things, tight ends. most things. Yes, tight ends. 
Next week, we'll be able to update you on six more interconference games. Good evening, Nellis, manager of Diamond Dogs here, live from Lake Wobegon Studios in Point Loma, California, where the women are mean, the men are good-looking, and the children are above average. Was inspired to put the band back together for a special Nellis edition of Name That Tune. Many of you may remember my one-hit wonder a couple years ago with my own creative take on What It's Like by Everlast. Creative genius has struck again. Without further ado, here goes. Name that tune. Early in the morning, rising to the street, I light me up that cigarette and strap boots to my feet. Got to find the reason, reason things went wrong. Got to find a reason why my fancy players are all gone. I got a husky, and my draft still skills still get me by. I can still play the waiver wire like a motherfucking riot. Well, the free agent list is too short and the injury list is too long, so love the one you got, because you might get run over or you might get a moonshot. I always start static just to get it off my chest. Most of you never had to battle with a bulletproof vest. Take a small example. Take a tip from me. Take all your fantasy stars. Give it all to Connor and me. Love is what I got. It's within my reach. In Hodor style, still straight from Long Beach, it all comes back to Zach. You're bound to get what you deserve. Try and test that. You're bound to get served. Loves what I got. Don't start a riot. You'll feel it when the playoff dance gets hot. Loving is what I got. I said, remember, Chuck. Loving is what I got. And remember, Josh. Loving is what I got. I said, remember, Joe. Loving is what I got. I got, I got, I got. Why I don't cry when roster guard doesn't play. I don't get angry at the Buffalo Bills I have to pay. I don't get angry when Kyler Murray smokes pot, hits his ankle, and goes right to the rock. Fucking and fighting, it's all the same. Living with Nellis is the only way to stay sane. Let the lovin', let the lovin' come back to me. Lovin' is what I got. I said, remember, DB, lovin' is what I got. Remember, Ty, loving is what I got. I said, remember, Jeremy, loving is what I got. I got, I got. Drop that beat, Dr. Headley, out. So, just to recap, uh, my picks for this week are E-Town, Bear Boonda, Flutie Flakes, Lance Man Love, Hater Tech, and Night Shift. I went 5-1 and one last week in my picks, bringing me to 37-23 and 23 on the season. That's not bad. And that's not too bad, yeah. Uh, you can buy your NFFL swag on Redbubble at bit.ly slash NellisNFFL. Makes for a great Christmas presents. You know, tell your tell your wife that you want uh, a T-shirt or a hoodie or a hat with your team's logo oh, yes. on it or the Nellis, Nellis Shield. Yeah. And... Uh, 
I, I was able to get all of those seven art thieves taken down last week, but still be on the lookout. Make sure you're buying the authentic from the Dr. Headley shop. So wait a minute, you have counterfeit? Oh, yes. There were seven I had to file DMCA claims against, and I got them all taken down within 24 hours. What? You got to speak about this. The, the black and white Nellis NFFL shield was uh, stolen and was being resold by seven different individuals. Well, that should just tell you, like, um, that there's a lot of people out there that have Nellis football leagues. <laughs> <laughs> or it really just tells you more that they thought it would be an easy design to sell and, you know. <laughs> I would love, you know what it would be so awesome someday? <laughs> Is if you were like at an airport and you saw somebody going past with a Nellis shielded t-shirt on. Oh, it'd be knowing sweet. Full, <laughs> knowing full well that they bought that counterfeit. Well, I do know that someone in the United States has purchased a Mega Powers logo shirt. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know where in the United States, but I know someone has. So someone out there is wearing yours and Bizzle's Mega Powers logo from a couple years oh, back. Oh my goodness, that's one of the best logos ever. Uh, this week, we got two teams on by Denver and the Rams uh, and Thursday Night Football this week, the Patriots visiting the Falcons. So if you got a Falcon or a Patriot, make sure they're starting where they should be. Danny, thank you for joining me again. Yeah. Hey, hey, I think we should. I think we should give that rap one, one more one more try. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. I need a different. I need, I need a different beat, though. There's no. There's no snare. There's no snare. All right. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I woke up this morning with some shit in my ass. I had to go to the bathroom real fast. I had to sit and look at my phone and look at the shit list in my face. And this Matthew Stafford, Tyler Lockett, Mike Asecki Goose, Marcus Golden, TJ Hawkinson, Munchkin Goose, Yannick Ngakwe also had a goose. Cole Beasley chased McLaughlin, AJ Brown Goose. My screen went blank, but Brian Burns was a goose. Shaq, Barry, Goose, Rod Jacobs, Chester Rogers, Kenny Clark, Alex Singleton, Goose. Thank you, Hilton, Dawson, Knox, T.E. in the flex, Carson West, Cortland Sutton, Hollywood Brown, Jeremy Wait, wait, the bee ran out. I still got poop. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, we got we to got wipe. We got to wipe. I, I got to do a second wipe here. Then there was Cortland Sutton. He's like Benjamin Button, injured all the time. But you know what? It's time to shine like Hollywood Brown. Dookie in my pants. Jeremy McNichols got the tickles all up in his pooper. And the thing that would make it more sick is DK Metcalf minus Austin Hooper. Justin Sherbert got the poop. Gotta take a dump as he's shooting the hoops And I'm breaking this beat down It's time to talk shit 
NFFL Nellis mother bitch. Did I, did I actually finish it with the beat? And you did. I, that was that was great. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Fresh Prince, thanks for stopping by this week and uh, giving us that lovely rendition of the poopers. Oh, yeah, I love talking shit. All right, gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Have fun with our multiple toilable games of the week this week oh it's a, it's just it's a shitty week all around so i i fully expect a lot of talking shit next week we're gonna need a bidet you're you're gross you need angel soft it, 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 it gets the job done FFL Podcast is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.